Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. Today is the 29th, so that means we're in the 29th chapter of Proverbs today. So let's get into our text. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed and without remedy. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Whoever loves wisdom makes his father rejoice, but a companion of harlots wastes his wealth. The king establishes the land by justice, but he who receives bribes overthrows it. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads his net for his feet. By transgression, an evil man is snared, but the righteous sings and rejoices. The righteous considers the cause of the poor, but the wicked does not understand such knowledge. Scoffers set a city aflame, but wise men turn away wrath. If a wise man contends with a foolish man, whether the fool rages or laughs, there is no peace. The bloodthirsty hate the blameless, but the upright seek his well-being. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. If a ruler pays attention to lies, all his servants become wicked. The poor man and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. The king who judges the poor with truth His throne will be established forever. The rod and rebuke give wisdom. But a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. When the wicked are multiplied, transgression increases, but the righteous will see their fall. Correct your son and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give you the delight, give delight to your soul. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. A servant will not be corrected by mere words, for though he understands, he will not respond. Do you see a man hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. He who prospers, his servant from a childhood, will have him as a son in the end. An angry man stirs up strife, and a furious man abounds in transgression. A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit retain honor. Whoever is a partner with a thief hates his own life, He swears to tell the truth, but reveals nothing. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Many seek the ruler's favor, but justice for man comes from the Lord. An unjust man is an abomination to the righteous, and he who is upright in the way is an abomination to the wicked. Well, this morning here, we're going to be getting into this. We're going to be looking at two verses uh, specifically, and we're going to be looking at verse 1 and verse 11. Verse 1, it says this, He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. See, Proverbs, of course, is a book of wisdom. And so one of the things that we see about wisdom is that wisdom accepts correction. And we've seen this time and time again throughout the book of Proverbs. We're coming to an end here. And so a lot of these principles are ones that we've read time and time again. And that's because it is very wise to reaffirm and reaffirm and reaffirm again these same principles. Because the reality of it is, is that wisdom is not a super complex thing, but rather it is applying simple truths. You know, sin makes things more complicated. And so when we choose to go into sin, we go and ignore the simple truths and our lives become much more complex uh, and we have a problem here. But really, for the most part, wisdom is, is found in the simplicity and the, the simple obeying things. That's the, the amazing thing. But wisdom accepts correction. 
See, it says here, he who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. We see here, he who is often rebuked. Now, this word rebuked, it means uh, chastisement, correction, reproof, uh, or even reasoning, that idea of like trying to reason with someone, um, but give a defense or a proof of doing something wrong. That's the, the, the concept here of this idea of being rebuked. This is not someone who messes up a lot. Though, of course, that could be the case. The person might mess up quite a bit. And of course, you might even be able to argue that a lot of people mess up a lot. Uh, But that's not what this is really talking about. That's not the idea here when it says is often rebuked. Um, This isn't someone who messes up all the time. They they might be messing up all the time, but that's not the, the, the main heart of what it's getting at. What it's getting at is that it's speaking of someone who, when they are rebuked, or corrected, they don't accept the change to become more like Christ. They don't repent. They don't change their ways. It's that this has often become the reality for them, is that we bring something up to them, you bring something up to them, they have something brought up to them, and they don't change their way. And this happens repeatedly. It's not that they're necessarily going around and always uh, messing up and things like that. That's not necessarily who this is talking about, although those people could often uh, fit this. What it's going and saying is, is that it's somebody who, when they're rebuked, they don't repent. When they're corrected, they don't change. That's the person that it's talking about. No matter the frequency of the mistakes or the sin in their life, they just don't change. See, but wisdom is shown in how we change after we sin and how we change after we mess up, after we change, after we make a mistake. Wisdom and repentance go hand in hand. A wise person understands this concept of being corrected and repenting. It's not that a wise person doesn't get corrected. It's that they respond properly when they are corrected. See, a fool believes that they have life all figured out and they take offense whenever they are corrected because, oh my goodness, how could you correct me? Don't you know that I understand this? I know this more than you do. That's what a fool does. A fool is not willing to learn. And of course, this person here who is often rebuked, they harden their neck. They harden their neck. Now, this idea of hardening here, it it means a defense uh, tough or severe or, or, or sever in that idea here, or to, to become stiff or even to become sore. Now, have you ever seen somebody like this? In fact, sometimes you can even see it in their, their body language and in their expressions that you can almost see their neck tightening when you tell them something that they don't like as they go and they jerk their head back. I probably shouldn't do that while talking to a microphone because then it gives kind of some weird audio. But you, you look at that, that idea, you can almost see that on people's faces when, uh, when this happens. They don't like the correction that comes. And, and you know what you just said did not penetrate their self-proclaimed wisdom. Uh, simply put, they're, they're dense. You know that that's what just happened. Whoa, they don't like what just happened. And they are going to be dense when you're going and presenting this idea. Now, this is the wrong response to legitimate correction, and we should seek to listen to people when they're correcting us, when it's a legitimate correction. Of course, there's false correction that comes out, too, at times. We we do understand that. Uh, But if you think that all correction is false correction, let me tell you something. You're wise in your own eyes, and you're going to be having some destruction that comes into your life. 
See, when we receive correction, it has a lot less to do with what we did, although sometimes that's the case, that it does have a lot to do with what we did. But it more has to do with a lot of times of how we did something. Our attitude wasn't right. It's one of the things that I, I, I find in life is that a lot of times when we really receive correction or should receive correction is maybe the way that I should put it. It's maybe not necessarily that we did something completely terrible. Hopefully you're not doing things completely terrible in life every single day. But do you always have the right attitude? You know, there's more to correct than just your actions. We need to have right attitude and right motives as well. But it says here this person who, when they're corrected often and they get these, this uh, hard, stiff neck and they, they, they don't listen, right? They don't repent. It says that they're destroyed. It says that they're destroyed. Sudden destruction and without remedy. Now, this word destroyed, it means to burst, to break, to crush, to destroy, to tear. And it's actually speaking of like the birthing process here. That's the description as to what's going on is that a baby is being born, passing through the the birth canal there. See, the person who doesn't receive rebuke, they will have pain in their life. They will be crushed. They will be torn to pieces and they will have a destroyed life. That's the kind of life that you're, you're setting yourself to live with if you don't accept instruction, if you don't accept correction. So many times we've seen this over and over and over and over again in Proverbs uh, that it is important that you accept correction, that you accept correction. You need to accept correction in your life. If you want to be wise, you need to constantly be improving, and that means you need to accept correction. Now, the next verse uh, that we're going to look at today is verse 11, and maybe this is some correction for some people in their life, but it says this in verse 11, a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Simply put, wisdom is not ruled with emotion. You should not be ruled by your emotions. You should not be ruled with your emotions. And of course, this whole idea of accepting correction and not being ruled by emotion, they go hand in hand because nobody ever accepts correction and goes, oh, wow, I I just love being corrected. It's so awesome, right? No, most of the time people get a stiff neck and they don't want to listen to correction. They become dense. Why? Because it's, it's not fun. It's not fun to receive correction. And so people don't like it. But oftentimes, we don't want to accept that correction because of our emotion, and we need to stop that. We need to stop and get our emotions out of the way. You know, how dare that person say that I was wrong? Well, that's not right. You know, oftentimes, what ends up swelling up in us when we're corrected is anger and pride and the feeling of a personal attack. But that's not right either. See, when we're letting our emotions rule us, Christ is not ruling us. Now, now don't get me wrong. Emotions are not something that we should seek to cut out of our life. It's just something that should not be the engine that drives us. Simply put, emotions make a wonderful caboose in a terrible engine. 
They shouldn't be the driving factor in your life, but they certainly should follow from the decisions that you make that are based upon God's word, that are based upon what God has said is right and what God has said is wrong. Those should be the things that are driving you in life, and then the emotion should follow, and it's a beautiful, wonderful thing, but you should not let them be the engine that drives you in life. Too many people have emotions as their engine, and the reality of it is is that your emotions are wild and they're not trained, and it's going to bring destruction in your life. A fool vents all of his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. When we're letting our emotions rule us, Christ is not ruling us. You need to have a mastery over your emotions, or emotions will have a mastery over you. You need uh, to go and to put these things under control. Don't allow your emotions to master you. D- don't have to go and to speak every emotion that you ever feel. See, see, that's one of the things is that everybody feels lots of emotions. Even the people who, who you think they're not feeling emotions, they are feeling those emotions. They're just choosing to not speak those emotions. They're just choosing to not act upon those emotions. I need to hold back. You need to hold back those emotions. You need to understand it's probably not a personal attack. And even if it is, when somebody comes and corrects you, who cares? Who cares? 95% of the time, when we take something personal, now, now this is just a made up statistic. This isn't like a real statistic. This is just one that, that you know, I felt sounded good. Okay. <laughs> Ironically, right? But most of the time, we're misunderstanding what somebody's saying. Now, there are vindictive, mean people out there who are just out to get you. I get it. But not that's not everybody. And, and you know, it's probably not your friend who's doing that. And if it is, you should pick better friends. should have listened to some of the other <laughs> episodes that we've had so far, some of the other devotionals. But sometimes we read way too far into a conversation or to an expression or something like that, way further than what we should, and we let that go and completely ruin our day. Man, somebody gave us a a bad look, a dirty look. They were giving me the stink eye. Well, have you ever gone and confronted somebody? Hey, you gave me the stink eye. Oh, actually, my eye was just twitching really bad, and so I wasn't trying to give you the stink eye. Oh, you you know, it could be something like that. But even if it was intended to be personal, who cares? Because God is our vindication. God should be your vindication, Christian. He is the one who you're going to be accountable to. And he is the one who, who you should seek approval from. Not uh, And now, of course, this isn't an excuse to be a jerk. But it's ultimately a reason, a reason in life to not let what other people think about you dictate your life. Because when you start worrying about what other people think about you, ultimately, you're giving them more power than what they ever had before. See, life will continue to move on. But Satan desires you to be frozen in bitterness, to be stuck and cemented in bitterness. And hurt feelings will do this well. So don't let your emotions rule you. You offend Christ worse than you are being offended when somebody says something that you don't like. That's something you need to remember. And it's something that you need to constantly put on your mind. It, 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 is, it doesn't make it right what people go and say, 
but it helps you so that you're not ruled by your emotions. Understand that you've offended God so much worse than what anybody could ever offend you, and yet God forgave you, and, and yet God still moves on, and he didn't go and, and, and let that stop him and him dwell upon that thing or whatnot. You know, you, you need to understand that. You need to understand that. You need to remain heavenly-minded, and that means that you need to be looking to God. You need to be looking to God. Emotions out of control will always reek of earthly-mindedness. If you see somebody who is driven by their emotions, I promise you one thing. They are not thinking on heaven. They are thinking on this earth. See, because heavenly-mindedness is not phased by suffering in this earth. What did the Apostle Paul say? He said, for to me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Don't threaten me with heaven. That's what the Apostle Paul said. So today, as we think on this proverb, as you go through it today, I just want to remind you to accept correction because wisdom in a wise person accepts correction. And the second thing is, is to don't be ruled by your emotions. I don't know. Maybe you accidentally, when you're pouring your coffee, spilled it on your foot today. Those kind of things happen. And then your emotions get stirred. You know, maybe you just woke up and you're on the wrong side of, uh, woke up on the wrong side of bed today. You need to get in control of your emotions. Let them be a caboose. Don't let them drive you. You drive your emotions to where they should go. Don't let your emotions drive you to where you don't want to go. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And while we trust in Jesus, sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. But even in darkness, we hold to the promise. There's nothing we can't overcome.